turn to the book of Galatians. Work your way into the New Testament there. The book of Galatians. I want to turn to chapter 4. Chapter 4. Capitulo 4. I don't know how to do that in Creole. I quite got that one down yet. But anyway, uh, chapter 4 of the book of Galatians. And if you will look at verse 26. It said, But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Well, today's Mother's Day, so we're going to talk about the mother of all. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. A little bit. I uh, would like to put a little something on the board for you, and that is we have the, the church Remember, the church is not the building. That's the church house. There's a big difference, okay? The church is the body of Christ, right? It's a body of believers. Very important that you make that distinction. And the church is for everybody, according to John 3.16, for God so loved the world, so everybody that's out there in darkness, Everybody that has not yet gotten the salvation of God, uh, and everybody needs the salvation of God, and Jesus made it clear, except we be born again of water and spirit, we cannot see or enter into the kingdom of God. So if we want to be a part of God's plan and God's program, uh, we're all born in this world, I'm trying to say, and we have to come out of that. We have to come out of that system, okay? And to say it plainly, that system, if we contrast that system, then we would call that, as I said, the world. Okay? And that's meaning the body of unbelievers. Okay? Of which we all were at one time. Okay? All the Bible said are concluded unto sin all have fallen short of God's glory, okay? Everybody, everybody, there's no place you can think of. Everybody, everywhere needs what God is offering, okay? His salvation. And it's, it's definitely essential, necessary. It's not something you want to think of as uh, negotiable, okay, or something like that, when we talk about this, you know, you're not going to be any of that. It, it's going to be very crystal clear. Uh, there's no in-between. Sometimes people want to talk about some in-between place between heaven and hell. There is no such place, according to the Scripture. Okay? There's heaven and there's hell. So uh, I'm, I want everybody to go to heaven. So if you don't mind, I, I won't have too much to say about the other place right now. But uh, I'd rather, rather talk to you about heaven. But 
one of the main differences here is that the church is made up of believers. Okay? That's one of those eyeball before E things. And, uh, and then over here, you know that what they talk about, Pepsi, and then they talk about the, the un-Pepsi or the un-Cola, right? So um, um, these are the unbelievers. So you've got to come to a place, and I'll tell you what, when I first came, the second time I came to Florida as a young man, uh, first time we were 16 and we jumped in a car and we drove and we drove and we drove and we drove. And when we got to the sign that said, welcome to Florida, we opened the doors, we got out, we kissed the ground. And then we drove six hours to Miami, not knowing, right? And welcome to Miami six hours later. <laughs> and it's like, oh, brother. And it was just crazy kids. And uh, I was part of this then. And uh, I'm saying to you that you, uh, you come to a place to where you want to no longer be an unbeliever. And I remember when I came down, as I said the second time I came down to go to college, I was still in the world, still an unbeliever. And I didn't know anything about the Bible. I did not know chapter and verse. I did not know the books of the Bible. I didn't know anything. Never had read it. And uh, my background uh, was the Roman type and the Jewish type. So I had a little from both sides. And, um, but I did not know the Bible. I had no exposure to the Bible. And uh, you would think that the Roman would teach uh, the Bible, but they do not. They teach a catechism. And you'd think that the Jewish would teach the Bible, but they do not. They teach a Talmud or the Mishnah or other things of that name. Nothing but commentary. What some guy said about what God said. You know, that kind of thing. And so <clears throat> I remember when I was in college and everybody was crazy and everybody was stupid and everybody was just really wanting to party. They didn't care anything about studying. And um, <clears throat> I remember somebody came to me one night and started talking to me about Jesus. And I said, well, I believe in Jesus because everybody thinks they believe in Jesus. You know? And uh, I, I remember him talking and, and uh, of course, he was a drunk. He was an alcoholic, and he wasn't even 20 years old. And I remember one time, one day I saw him, and his face was completely disfigured, that he'd gotten, you've heard, falling down drunk. Well, that's how he had gotten, and he literally fell on his face. And the pavement and his face had a fight, and he lost. So I'm saying, but this same guy is telling me how great Jesus is, you know. So, you know, there is a, a difference here, church family. There is a difference uh, between this and this, all right? A big difference. I'm going to give you some examples if you have your Bible and you'll look at 2 Timothy. If you have trouble finding that, go to the last book of the Bible, which is Revelation, and work your way backwards a little bit, uh, and you'll come to 2 Timothy. That's Timothy with a 2 in front of it, 2 Timothy. Well, I know you laugh a little bit, Margaret, but I'm going to tell you, when I first came, I wouldn't have known. I would not have known. Second, what? What's he talking about? And, you know, I, I was the rookie. I remember them sending, sending me to look for um, the second chapter of Jude. And, of 
course, everybody knew there was no second chapter of Jude except me. I didn't know that. And, uh, they had lots of fun with me about things like that. But as a good teacher, you've got to learn how to take it. And, uh, you know, what we say, if you'll pray, you'll stay. If you'll fast, you'll last. And if you'll take it, you'll make it. So you've got to be willing to take it. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I'm going to talk to you about mother today, okay? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. One translation said stressful, difficult times shall come. I know you feel that way every day at 5 o'clock about late. That it's been stressful and it's been difficult. Okay, I know. But this is kind of up to the next level. All right. For men shall be, and then we're going to uh, list some things here for you. This is trying to teach you about characteristics of the world in which we live. Now, we, we can't, what did it say? We must needs go out of the world. Well, we can't do that now, can we? Unless we die or the first resurrection takes place and by God's grace we're in it. Okay, but barring that, we're here. Hello. Okay, so we're going to find ourselves uh, subjected to, exposed to these things that the writer spoke about here, and I'm going to try to list some of them. Verse 2 said, For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Okay? That's one thing. And then he went on to say, that they're going to be covetous. Now, lovers of their own selves is, I think, pretty self-explanatory. I don't think I need to break that down. You know, the me generation and, you know, people self-centered very much about themselves. Okay, they're not thinking about anybody else. All right, so there's many examples could be given. Uh, but this next one, he said covetous. Jesus did say also to beware of covetousness or to getting involved with is to greed. Let me tell you, the Bible said that um, money is the root of all evil, right? No. Everybody said no. It didn't say that. It said the love of money is the root of all evil. Okay? Let me get your license for any of that. Okay, it's a DMV rule. <laughs> All right, covetous means that you, uh, what the writer said, that the love of money, that, that people love it. People are greedy. There's a greed. It goes beyond. A spirit gets into it. It's like we say, you can disagree, but don't be disagreeable. Because right there, between those two, that's where a spirit gets into it. Okay? And when a spirit gets into it, it's a whole other level, a whole different ballgame, okay? So uh, it, it's covetousness is when you a spirit gets into it, people are greedy. They're greedy. There is a, a, a false god of greed. Jesus called it, or the New Testament called it, used the word mammon, okay? That false god of greed. Jesus said to beware of that, beware of that. All right, so covetous would be another characteristics of this unbelieving world, okay? 
not believing the things that Jesus said. How about boasters, proud? Those are pretty simple words, I think. Anytime you want to raise your hands to Joseph, we should go signal me that you can say it in French. That's fine. In Creole, you know. I'd like I, I wish I could. Boasters, proud. I know you speak good Creole. All right. Um, so boasters, proud. Another word is, another characteristic is blasphemers. Blasphemers. Okay. Okay. A blasphemer is, is, is somebody who speaks injuriously, offensively. I saw a sign the other day on somebody's shirt, obviously. Sign. They're all signs, right? And he said, the haters are going to hate. And I thought, yeah, it's true. The haters are going to hate. That's what they do, right? That's what they do. And, uh, you know, so you, I mean, I guess I could tell him, well, he's a proclaimer of truth to some degree, isn't he? Um, just don't be one, right? Well, they say, don't be hating. <laughs> don't be among that group. Don't get in with that. Don't get taken by that spirit. Okay. So blasphemers. And then we have disobedient to parents. Yeah, Lord. Okay, so disobedient, disobedient to parents, P-A-R-E-N-T-S, what's wrong with me? I don't know what's wrong with me. Don't, don't fail me now, words, words fell, perfect, whatever. Okay, um, let's move on here. That one is pretty much what it is, isn't it? So I don't think I need to explain that. Unthankful and unholy are two more characteristics. One time, one time I went to a uh, a dealership, and I helped. Uh, well, I've helped quite a few, but this one day, uh, Tina Sassel and I, we had one young lady that we helped out to get a Hummer, and um, I think she was probably the first one that got the. It wasn't the ferret. Uh, Junie got hers first. Right? Okay, that's what I was trying to get the order with them. And the business, the business lady, when she was closing the lease deal on the Hummer, um, I had to do what you're supposed to never do. <laughs> I co-signed, <laughs> and uh, and uh, which meant that I was putting my faith in this young lady that was new in the church, and that she would, you know, do right. And the contract was made, and the the businesswoman, I, nobody asked her to do anything. She just did it. But she just came out of the office and she looked at this young girl in the church. I say young, she was probably 20. And she said, she said, I hope you know what senior pastor's doing for you. Well, I just stood back. I was shocked. And she said, she said, if you keep this contract, she said, you'll be golden. She said, you'll be able to buy a house. She said, you'll be able to do any kind of deal like that. And I thought, wow. So 
Sometimes we need to be careful that we're in unthankfulness. There's an means we don't appreciate. And it's important that people in your life that are contributing to your well-being that you appreciate. Don't be unthankful because that's a characteristic of the world of unbelievers is to be unthankful. Not, not really appreciate what somebody's doing for you. Okay? And so uh, I hope that we can spot these things and that we can... Uh, locate these things and, and uh, you know, tell ourselves, I know that spirit, and I don't want to be of that spirit. I don't want that attitude in my life. Okay. And I think unholy is pretty clear, isn't it? So we'll, we'll just keep moving on here now. Um, another one that I think you will find is very, I'm going to abbreviate W-O for without. Without natural affection now you've probably heard the, the term psychopath that's somebody that can kill people and they don't feel anything you know they just blow your brains out they won't shed a tear they won't feel anything they're just a psychopath uh, that's what psychologists call them alright or and another term is sociopath both pretty much the same idea a characteristic without natural effect. They don't have normal feelings. Okay, not not having normal feelings. That they could just steal from people and don't feel bad about it at all. Okay? They can uh, they can as I said, they could kill somebody and they don't feel bad about it at all. You know? Well, I have a feeling that an awful lot of the um, Hollywood and uh, We've preached this for a long time. The Hollywood uh, that has been pumping into the minds of people all these years and all of the uh, video games, not all of the games, but a majority of the games that are so violent and bloody and uh, that what they're putting into minds and what a negative effect it's having on, on the younger generation in particular, okay? And uh, it's producing a generation that doesn't have natural affection. Okay, They had a, a, a guy that they uh, caught up with and they arrested him and they put his hands behind his back and they put the cuffs on him and he was just screaming. He said, life ain't nothing but a video game, man. That's all it is. You know, all the bad things he had done. They were not registering with him. How about the guy that uh, had all the upper schooling and the college level and uh, went into the was it the Aurora uh, Theater out in Denver and shot all those innocent people? Or the one that went into the Connecticut Sandy Hook place and killed 26 cops, you know? You, you've got to pretty much see that's without natural affection. Don't have any feelings to just do that, you know? That's, that's just the most terrible thing to most normal thinking people, right? I mean, you recoil at that and you say, that's terrible. How could somebody do It's hard to fathom how somebody, to comprehend how somebody could do that. But it happens more frequently than we know. Okay? So, without natural affection. And uh, let's move on. I think that I've got that covered for you. Um, there's such a thing as a truce breaker. 
truce breaker. Truth breakers. That's somebody that won't keep their word. They they uh, they do not keep their promises. They they that means nothing anymore. You know, years ago, your word was your bond. If you told somebody you were going to do something, and you shook on it, that was it. You didn't need anything else. You didn't need a contract. You didn't need things to be done like that. Your word was your bond. Not so anymore in the generation in which we live. Okay? And that's what, this is what the world produces. Now, the spirit behind the world, I'm going to take a little break here and move into another portion of the scripture. If you'll turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. I would put my glasses on, but I'd, I'd hate for you all to roll over and have a heart attack or something. That's why I don't have a, a giant print Bible. I have a super giant print Bible. I think Jackie Jones was really thinking about me. <laughs> all right. Revelation chapter 12, speaking of... Hmm. Okay, and there, verse 1, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. All right, now to put that in a little bit for you, okay, a great God, uh, God is showing the apostle a vision, and God has ways of showing things, and those things mean things. Even if something is symbolic, it's symbol of something real, true, okay? Like when Jesus gave uh, parables, that's not to be defined like you would a parable in English literature, okay? You want to remember that when Jesus said there was a certain man, there was a certain man. He was not lying, okay? He was not fabricating in any way, shape, or form. So when Jesus taught parables, he was teaching and bringing about moral truths, but they were based on real experiences and real happenings and real things. And so it is here. He's showing something very real. Okay, there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun. Now, this is a shadow and a type, we call it, of the church. Okay, the church, the, the body of believers. And this woman was clothed with the sun. That means it was the greater light because it went on to say, and the moon was under her feet. Well, the sun is the greater of the two lights between the sun and the moon, right? Okay. So the sun is now when we live, the New Testament time, the, the more glorious house, whereas the Old Testament was the moon. It was the lesser light. And that's why God said, one reason why he said, I'm going to make a new covenant. Okay, I'm going to give you a greater light, I'm going to give you a greater experience, I'm going to give you greater understanding, greater insight. I'm going to give you my grace as opposed to the law. Okay? All right. So that's what you're reading here. And uh, upon her head was a crown of 12 stars, 12 apostles, uh, rewards, all kinds of things there. And she being with child cried, this woman, travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. Well, the scripture said that the woman would be delivered in childbirth. So, And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon. Okay. Having seven heads 
and ten horns and seven crowns upon the heads, or his heads, okay? And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And that's exactly where we're at and, and the church has been since Jesus Christ poured out his spirit for the first time for whosoever will to come into the body of Christ or the body of believers, the church, okay? That Jesus Christ was shown here to be born of the woman, which was Mary. There's some layers of shadows and types here. And, and that the, the enemy was going to destroy that child as quickly as he could. So there would be no Calvary. There would be no bloodshed. There would be no sacrifice. And all the things that Jesus did would not happen. How many times did Jesus say, I could call, uh, you know, pray right now, and I could have ten legions of angels here. You know, we could have 40 or 50,000 angels, and I could, I could take care of business sure enough. He said, but if I do that, he said, how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled? And, wh and what would happen? There would be no church. There would be no uh, plan of salvation. There would be nobody be able to be saved out of this mess and come into the body of Christ. So this is what the enemy wanted to destroy the Christ child. He knew that there were prophecies. He knew there were foretellings of what was to come. And he wanted to destroy him right from the beginning. So what did he do? He, this great red dragon was shown to be uh, one way of showing the devil, the evil force. And he uh, tried to rise up through King Herod, who was the ruler, one of the rulers in Israel at the time of the birth of the Christ child. Okay? And when Mary gave birth to that child, then Herod decided that he wanted, he told the wise men, you know the, the account from the Bible of the wise men that went to worship Jesus following the star to, where, to show, him, show them where he was born. And so in route they stopped by Herod and, and uh, they studied the scripture and they, they read where he would be born in Bethlehem. And so Herod said, when you find him, you come back and tell me so that I can worship him too. Yeah, right. Okay. So, because the great red dragon, a spirit, remember I told you when a spirit gets into a thing, it's a whole other level. Well, the spirit that was getting into it was that he was rising up through Herod. And he was going to use Herod as an instrument of unrighteousness. The un thing again, you know. Unrighteousness. And so, he was uh, called a party and invited all the Israeli women, the Hebrew women, said, bring your baby boys that are two years old and down. We're going to have a party. Got lots of gifts for you. You know? Say, well, I'd never do that. Oh, well, really? Really? Sometimes you buy them every little old thing they want. You buy them iPads and iPods, you know, computers, and they're young and they're impressionable. And you'd be surprised what they see You know, they did a study, and they said that children as early as nine years old, I think it's earlier now, to tell you the truth, but when they did this study, which is probably a couple years old, they said that they learned that children as, as young as nine years old were exposed to pornography 
when they were on the computer supposedly doing research for their book reports or whatever, and that it would pop up. You know what I'm talking about. It would just pop up. It would just all of a sudden be right there. And I had somebody telling me the other day about, uh, and it doesn't matter what type of Internet it is. It doesn't matter if it, that the instrument that's being used, whether it's an uh, iPod or an iPad or whatever, you know, the point is it's on the Internet and they're able to access and uh, they, they're able to, to pop up, these, do these little pop-ups and bring in these very pornographic images and reaching for the children that early, trying to get them that young. You're talking about back to the covetousness. You're talking about back to that greed. You're talking about a billion, billion dollar industry, okay? Billions, not, not just one billion, but billions of dollars industry. This world is, doesn't care. They're, they're uh, without natural affection. They don't care. The, you know that uh, people like Madonna and others, uh, they will, she said, she was quoted and I read the article, she said that her child is not allowed to watch television and that her child was not allowed to go to the movies and her child was not going to public school. But she don't care about anybody else's kids now, does she? Because <laughs> she's not part of the solution. She's part of the problem. Oh, yeah. And I'm not picking on dear old Madonna, okay? She's no worse or better than anybody else in this group here, all right? Um, I'm just telling you what she was quoted as saying herself. And she'll, she's done every kind of sinful, heinous thing, filthy, disgusting thing. And, and yet she's not going to let her kid be exposed to that. But she don't mind everybody else's kids being exposed to that because she's making her money. She's making her name. Covetous, okay, without natural affection. All right, so watch here what I'm saying to you in Revelation 12. You've got uh, a wonder that God is showing, and he's revealing it to the church through and using the apostle John to do it. And he's showing in chapter, in verse 4 of chapter 12, and his tail, the tail of the dragon, drew the third part of the stars from heaven. That's when Satan fell, he was able to convince one-third of the heavenly host, one-third of the angels, to follow him. That he was right. And he set something in motion that has uh, been something that the body of Christ, the church, has had to deal with all these almost 2,000 years that it's been in existence. Okay? And that is somebody will get taken by this spirit and they will split, they will leave, but they always want to take others with them. And that's what Satan did. And he convinced them. And they listened, see? They made a big mistake, didn't they? They should have never. I can't imagine what that stinking devil, that lying devil, told those angels that had such a great place. Now, maybe those angels are like some people I know, that they don't know just how good they got it. Maybe they're just not, weren't appreciative. They just don't know how good they have it and how bad it can get and how bad it can be. Okay? And there's an old adage, and it, it is pretty true, that you don't know how good you had it until you lose it. You know? And uh, I, that's why when we cast out a devil, and that old devil goes screaming in torment out of, we had a, one here right in the baptismal, 
and one of the men was down from one of the other churches. He was there as we were praying, and when, when we baptized in Jesus' name and rebuked that devil, that spirit came out, and when it came out, it went right, just right past this guy standing by the baptismal, and he began to weep. He began to cry because he felt the, the depression. He felt the, the, uh, the pain and the horror of that spirit that was casted out. And do you remember the devil said to Jesus, don't cast us into the deep before our time. We know we're doomed. We know our day is coming. We know we live in darkness and, and eternal change. But don't cast us back into the pit. Don't put us back into the abyss. Don't put us into the deep before our time. In other words, let us walk to and fro in dry places and see if we can find someplace else to inhabit, somebody else to get into. Okay. See, the real world is the spirit world. This world is temperate, temporal. Okay. The real world is that eternal world. And, and that's why you've got to awaken to what's going on here. And, and the great red dragon, the devil, that old serpent, the devil is after everybody. And there's nothing he hates more than those that have been given the truth and that they are in the body of Christ. And that's why, as a member of the body of Christ, you wonder why you fight so many battles, why so many difficult things or stressful things. It's because you've got something. And what you've got is, you number one, you're out of the clutches of the enemy. God, uh, you were like, you were a slave. You were in bondage. You were on the auction block of sin. And Jesus Christ saved you from that. He, he bought you with his blood and his spirit. He delivered you from that horribleness, okay, and gave you the truth. And he gave his life on Calvary for you and endured everything he endured for you. And so we need to be grateful. We need to be appreciative. We need to be, we need to be everything opposite of this, of what we used to be like. And it should be a used to be. That's when it's okay to be a has-been. That's when it's okay to be an ex. <laughs> I don't want to be that any of that anymore. Okay? All right. Let's move to another place in the Scripture. I think it's still going to be Galatians. It's just going to be a different part of, different verse, different chapter and verse in Galatians. You go back to Galatians, and I will read to you. Well, there's so much that I can't list everything right today, but listen to what uh, we'll begin with. It's all good, so I don't know where to break in and begin. Uh, how about verse 14 or 13? Verse 13 of chapter 5 of the book of Galatians. Give us a second to get there. Book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all, and by the way, when, we, when the Scripture is talking about love, it's talking about the love of, of God, which is the Holy Ghost. Okay, Charity, right? That's, that's the Holy Ghost. That's how you get that love. That's how you get that. You, you don't think about songs of the worldly songs, you know. You know what their idea of love is, right? 
my best friend's wife is my lover. That's, that's not our definition. That's not God's definition, okay? <laughs> I know that's really sorry singing. I'm sorry. Nashville won't be calling me. Don't worry. I wouldn't go anyway, but well, they're not calling. So one less thing I have to worry about, don't I? But uh, that's the world. That's what they sing about. That's what they have soap operas about. Hello. I don't know why they call them soap operas. I guess because they used to sell so much soap. But they are—they need plenty of soap, don't they? But see, the soap can't wash this stuff off. Soap can't wash this off. It takes the blood of the lamb. That's right. That's so right. All right. So, for brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. There's a battle there going on. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. I told you we have a new covenant. But the works of the flesh are manifest. Now listen, this, this goes with all of this. I'm just not going to take the time to write it now. Time is certainly ticking away. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. That includes voodoo. Hatred, variance, emulations wrath, strife, seditions, that's rebellions, heresies, that's when you take a point of view different from God's point of view, different from the church's point of view, okay? How many of you would like for your child to come home and you tell them about something and they say, well, I don't see it that way. That's kind of fighting words right about then. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, brother. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I, I, I bring that up because I, I remember two cases. One, I had a, a man, a young man. He was probably about 20, 22. And uh, we baptized him. And, and uh, he got a little blessing. And um, he... Uh, he started messing around, going to all kinds of different congregations, all kinds of different places. And I told him, I said, you're going to get very confused. And I said, you're making a big mistake. And he said, well, well I, I don't see it that way. He said, I'm okay. I know what I'm doing. And I said, yeah, and how long have you been coming here? Three months. I said, three months. And you know what you're doing. Three months. And you know more than the pastor. Three months. And you, you've got it all figured out. Yeah. Needless to say, he's no longer here. He, he's 
gone. Totally mixed up. Well, I just had somebody not too long ago, along the same lines, and I mentioned about the scripture that talked about getting bitterness in your heart and that, you know, that will defile you. Well, I just don't see it that way. I'm not bitter. Facebook like it's been sucking on a lemon for about a week. But, you know, I'm not bitter. And how long have you been around? Maybe a year? Yeah, almost. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, one-year-old child coming up to mom or dad, I just don't see it that way. You know, that might, when they're young enough, be make you laugh. You know, when they get a little older and they get a little rebellious, you're not laughing anymore. You know, it might be cute, you know, when they barely can walk <laughs> and they're running around a little bit or whatever. And uh, it might be cute then. But, you know, when they start, when you take them to the restaurant and they're using the salt and pepper shakers for missiles and throwing them all over the place and climbing on the table and running up and down the, the seat of the, the booth you're sitting in and knocking the drinks over and throwing the food around and screaming and hollering. and You know, it's not funny anymore then, is it? And you're saying, hey, that's not right. Stop that. I just don't see it that way. That's when you take them in the bathroom and show them how you see it. <laughs> okay. And again, and, and you know what Sister Pearl's famous little line here is, it bend a tree while it's young. Get it while it's bendable. Get them while they're young, man, while the cement is still wet and you can make the proper impression. If you wait till that cement hardens up, you're not. You're going to need a jackhammer to make some kind of impression, you know. All right, so listen to some of these, some more of these um, characteristics of the flesh. We've got wrath, we've got strife, we've got rebellions, we've got heresies, taking different points of view from how the church has it. Oh, I don't see anything wrong with that. Envies, murders. Maybe you're the one that needs the glasses. Envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, partings, and such like, and such like. Everybody said such like. So you know what that means to the preacher? That means that you've got to pick up the spirit of the situation. The spirit of these kind of characteristics that are outlined here. You know, the writer could have just kept on trucking here, and the whole Bible would just be on this chapter. Okay? So such like. It doesn't say. Thou shalt not snort cocaine. Not going to say it the way you want it to say it. After a while, you got to, what I tell you, the difference between was this, a spirit getting into it. And so you've got to pick up on the spirit of the thing. Okay? And such like. And such like. Maybe next week we'll teach on environment. Okay? Environment. So you've got to, you've got to, uh, Get a willingness about you here to see things like they really are. And God gets us and he delivers, he gives us, we become a new creature. And he takes us and he cleans us up. He changes our, our nature. We, we get delivered from the nature of the flesh, the world, the unbelieving nature. And we become, in the church now, we become believers. 
we become believers. So let's move on. Uh, I'll finish what he said and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, there are people that think they can do anything they want to do. And when it comes time to die, it's, it's just going to all be all right. God's going God's to say it's okay. It'll be all right. Now, where they're getting that thinking from, I have no idea. Somebody asked one time about the famous case in the Bible, Ananias and Sapphira, husband and wife, who had lied to the preacher, lied to the church, and lied to the Holy Ghost. And the, the preacher asked him, how is it that you weren't afraid to do that? And of course, the guy died right there in the church house, and they took him out and they buried him. I wish it was that easy. I keep telling my wife, when I go, dig a hole in the backyard and just throw me in there. You know, But I don't think they're going to let that happen. And I don't want my wife to get arrested trying to bury me. So, so um, But I know I'm not going to care. Right? You know, about these people that get buried in their cars, they're not going to care. You know? People that get buried in their best suit. One man wrote in the other day in the paper, he said he wanted the undertaker to take his gold caps out so that his wife could trade it in to pay for his funeral. I hope he had a lot of gold caps. Those funerals are pretty expensive. So the advice that came back was start saving now. Start planning for it now. <laughs> wow, what a world, huh? But, uh, but people do get, they'll, they'll get buried with all their, their trinkets on that's why you got grave robbers, you know. They're going after all their little penny ante junk. Let me tell you something. You're not going to care. You're not going to care. You're not going to have any thought of it, any consciousness. Put me in my best clothes. Put this in. Put this book. Put this feather. Put, put my dog in there with me. Whatever. It's not going to matter. One split, what is it, a picosecond? You know, there's a nanosecond, but the picosecond is smaller than a nanosecond. So the, the blink of an eye, when you give up the ghost, that's it. That's it for this life. That's it for this world. So you don't want to be living for that. You don't want to be thinking for that. All right? You want to get involved with the real world. Get your mind on heavenly things. Set your affection on heavenly things. All right, finishing this up. But I want to give to you what the writer went on to say because he made it clear, get involved with these things, and he said, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But he said, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, now see, this is what the devil through the world gives. Do you understand that? The devil doesn't have salvation. He doesn't have mercy. He doesn't have peace. He doesn't have kindness. He doesn't have any of those things. He doesn't possess that. It'd be like saying, senior pastor, give me some gold. I can't. I don't have any. So you can't, there's some things you cannot get from the devil because he don't have it. Now, if you want lies, he's got a lot of them. He's the father of lies. Okay? But let's look at what, he's the father of lies. Let's look at what our mother gives us, the church 
as we read today, is the mother of us all. Okay? The church. And it's Mother's Day. All right. So look what the church gives to us. Gives us love. Okay? Gives us, I want to put them in order here, joy. Okay? Gives us peace. Matter of fact, the Bible in subject matter calls it a peace that passes all understanding. Don't think of these as natural things. Gives us long suffering. You can make it through whatever it is you're having to tolerate and put up with. Okay. Long suffering. All right. Uh, gentleness. I said gentleness. All right. And then we go to goodness. And faith. Now those are just some of the things that mother gives to us. The church. Some of the things. God is our Father, the church is our mother, the body of believers of Christ, okay? Big difference, I'd say, between this and that. Big difference. Big difference. Okay? The body of Christ, the church, has something good for you. All right? Something really good for you. And the enemy, remember, the great red dragon. He stood to destroy, to kill. And that's what he does. The Bible says he comes for, but for to kill, uh, to pluck up what has been planted. That's why he doesn't want you to get rooted and grounded and settled in the body of Christ and the work of God. He wants to take every good thing. You wish God, you got a lot of good in you, boy, because I put it there. Me and the Lord. That's right. Years of it. You know what my wife said about one young man that he grew up to be a, a man and he's long gone, but she said he, he gave her her first gray hair. <laughs> Trying try to teach him his ABCs, shall we say. And his one, two plus two is four type thing, okay? So I'm saying to you that uh, the church puts good things in you. Good things. All right. You know, Brother Williams first came around here, he didn't know what a shovel was. But we educated him real quick. And he got real good at it. And Tom, oh yeah. Yes, sir. And plenty of young ladies that changed the spell, taught them how to clean a house, taught them how to cook a meal, taught them how to do a lot of good things like that. Practical things, good things, everyday things. Things that sometimes we don't get somehow because we're speeding through this kind of life. All right? Now Jesus, Jesus is trying to say, that there's a dragon, there's an enemy, there's that which is against you, is that which is trying to destroy right from the very beginning in your life. And you've got to realize that this is worth fighting for, okay? You can have every good thing. Jesus only wants to put good things in your life, all right? He's uh, got your 
best interests at heart. Good things. Good things. Good things. Everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Amen. Okay. I'm going to have to quit because uh, the, the clock is yelling at me real loud back there. And it's telling me to close it down. Thank God for all you people. All of our good young men here from Sunday school. The church only wants the best for you. The church absolutely wants to invest. God, through his church, wants to invest in you. Good things. Okay, good things. We want to, we want you to, we don't want you to, to have this just while you're young. David said, once I was young, but he didn't lose it when he got old. It stayed with him, helped him through difficult moments, hard times, and the, and the church will do that, okay? You don't, if, if, you know, there's an old saying, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know? We'll get rid of the dirt, but let's keep the baby, okay? So it's the same thing. That's, we're trying to get the dirt out of your life and the bad influences away from you. We're trying to chuck, chuck that out, cast that out, but we don't want you to go with it. We want you to stay with the church. We want you to stay with God and his plan for your life. Many, many good things as God got planned. You just need, like the fellow that was blind, and Jesus prayed for him, and he said, how do you see now? And he said, well, I see men as trees walking. So obviously he didn't see too well. And so the scripture teaches, and this is a good lesson too, because the scripture teaches that first, Jesus made him look up. And in so doing, he then prayed for him again. Well, we need to look up. And we also don't just need one prayer. We need a whole bunch of praying. Everybody said amen. This is not a one-shot deal. Okay? This is not uh, coming. You want to get as much of the Holy Ghost to the point that it, it referred to it as a river. A river that would come out of the very inner part of you, the place of your wellspring of life. And I hope that you will remember that as the life goes on and you get a little older, that you, you want to you wanna stay with what's right. You want to be a part of the best thing that God had to offer. This is what he did. He gave birth to his church. And it's in your Bible in Acts chapter 2. You read how Jesus gave birth to his church. And how it was the church for everybody everywhere. But not everybody's going to want it, church family. Lots of people are going to go in different directions. They're going to be bound by spirits of tradition and pride. Going to blind their eyes. The Bible said the God of this world, small g, lowercase g. The God of this world, Satan, the devil, that red dragon, he blinded the minds, lest at any time they should see, I'll make it easy, the truth. He doesn't want you to see the truth. Why don't we stand together? Mother wants you to see. She wants you to have good eyesight. The church, the church, the mother of us all, Jerusalem, where it started, what it mothered, how it protected the baby. Yes, it did. The Christ child was born, and he grew. And he went through the same ages that you're going through. He surely did. Up to about 33.